Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Now, Leon Taylor is also well-known, we all know, for their tailor-made clothes, but you also know they're ready for their custom-made and ready-made clothing as well. That's right, clothes that are right there on the rack that you can buy and pick up, and they'll make the alterations included in the price. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. And of course, then you know, if they want something tailor-made specifically just for you, then they can do it. So whether it's tailor-made, whether it's ready-made, or whether it's custom-made, it is for you and you specifically. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. They'll be happy to see you and happy to take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware. Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. You guys can start. <clears throat> Governor, how important is uh, the ability ceremony with Sunday regarding mental health in Indiana? It's kind of a powerful one-two punch in the in the sense of um, making sure people have access, not just access, but awareness first, and then access to the resources they need to get their life back on track. And this is something that has been elusive here in the state of Indiana, and I've I've harped on the uh, fact that um, health is wealth, and we can talk to her blue in the face about people needing to be skilled up, but if they're struggling with other issues that are more foundational, we're going to continue to spin our wheels. And to think about these two bills, making sure people go to where they need to be, when they need to be there, uh, will make a, it will make a um, maybe the difference. You talked about the funding number in there, um, but $50 million is barely a third of what the Behavioral Health Commission said was needed uh, for mental health services in Indiana. Are you worried that there's still going to be big gaps in the system? I'm not worried, and only because, um, number one, there were different people citing different numbers. Let's set that aside for a second. And, and where I um, start with is we have to build this ship, and in terms of all the building that is going to occur, uh, it needs to be, I talked about foundation in there, it needs to be on a sturdy foundation. And going, f you know, adding over a couple of years, 100 million just into the mental health space, not to mention the 40 million into the juvenile space, folks struggling with the same issues, not to mention the 263 million new dollars in, from, the pub from the governor's public health commission recommendations. We got a ton of work to do, and I believe that some folks who will still, unfortunately, sit on the sidelines watching others build will come around and say, I, excuse me, I want to be uh, included. And so this is going to be an ongoing investment, and the key is to make sure that when we come out of the gate and we, and we are building this, that is... It is effective and it is proven and we can cite the difference that we're making. And so we got what we needed to get busy and, and to get busy building. And what, what that means is how is it consumed by those who need these services? So um, that's in addition to when we throw out 100 million, 263 million, that's in addition to work that we were already doing that was woefully inefficient, I will be the first to admit. However, the state was making investments, whether it would, whether it's My Healthy Baby, now in all 92 counties, we were making investments, but this just really supercharges our efforts. On 1006, so that gives officers the option to take detainees to a behavioral health clinic as opposed yeah. to just taking them to jail. How do we ensure that that is implemented in an equitable manner? We don't start seeing a bunch well, of disparities. It's called teamwork, and it's, it's called all the stakeholders that are involved, especially the courts. And one thing that, um, uh, that I'm most pleased with 
and it was demonstrated by the attendance here today, uh, is the different levels of government all coming together, making sure that uh, when a judge or when the community corrections officer or when the mayor or um, when the commissioner is interfacing with the various um, folks who are coming before them in the system or in the process, that they're getting to the right place. So we'll, we'll continue to work very closely with the courts to ensure uh, that folks are getting to the right place at the right time. The funding for public and mental health was one of the you know, missed opportunities some people identified, but also childcare. Not much was done to expand the access and shore up the system that we do have currently. Um, you know, even, you know, Chamber of Commerce asked for something. You know, was that a missed opportunity this session? No, we made some advancements and we made some progress. Will it be enough? No, but this is another example of uh, let's just not always blame someone. Um, there, there was an initiative that we passed that will help uh, chambers come together and fund some opportunities for early learning. We are um, seeing expansion on that front. This is um, critically important when we're talking about not just pre-K expansion, um, but also even uh, even into the, the the efforts that we're making for literacy improvement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we we did back up. We did say, how can we help on childcare? How can we help on housing? How can we help on mental health? How can we help on health? How can we help on more uh, attracting more folks into the law enforcement profession? So this was a I, I, I said it at 3 a.m. Um, uh, this was a generational budget. And it, it puts the pressure on uh, all the agencies and the departments to make sure that we are working hand in glove with local communities on things like early learning efforts. In 1006, um, it, it involves in, it potentially involuntary uh, detainment, um, and it sets out a timeline for when the health care provider and then the courts make that decision whether, whether or not to, to involuntarily um, detain someone. But... A lot of people are concerned about that timeline and are there enough providers to make that timeline work? Right now, or mm -hmm. July 1, when mm -hmm. that bill takes effect, are there going to be enough providers to make those timelines work? I suspect this is going to be like everything else in life, that it will evolve over time. And where there are pressure points, there we will seek to address uh, and now having the resources to get busy working on it. Before, we just didn't have it. And we were pointing, everyone was pointing fingers at each other. And, and I think now there are no more excuses um, because we will be able to address and where there is a flood or a need of attention, be it different parts of the state, different uh, demographics, different zip codes, you name it, we're going to have to adapt to it. But this will be a work in progress. This is not, there's no magic wand and just because we have the funding. This is about those folks that are coming from all different walks of life, church, state, business, all coming together saying, yeah, we'll shoulder some of the responsibility here. And that's what I think is the most important thing is the dollars are great, but how we're conducted and how they're allocated will be the most important thing. And that will be in response to your very question. Governor, speaking of dollars, uh, a lot of states are experiencing circumstances, maybe some budget shortfalls, the economy slowing down. How's Indiana doing? Are you guys sure you're going to have enough money to do everything that you want to do? Well... Yes, um, we're a conservative state, and I think we've proven by our uh, 
um, past record that if we get into a pinch, we start we start to tighten the belt first. And that's not to say that we don't have a healthy cash reserve. But as we know, one day you're talking about having six billion in reserves, the next day you're talking about twelve percent or three billion. And so, look, we, we're very mindful of this. We're very mindful of what's in the in the pipeline. We're, by the way, um, you talk about pressure. We need to continue to grow the economic pie, the opportunity for businesses to continue to expand here or move here. It was just in Northwest Indiana yesterday, and. Um, one conversation after another was the explosive growth and the new um, housing divisions that were going up because of the migratory patterns that they're seeing people moving to that neck of our woods. And so, yeah, we got to be mindful of living within our means and prepared for any kind of stagflation or recession or look, it, it, you talk about what a difference a decade has made or the 2010s versus the 2020s we used to live in this world where in you know unemployment was high in the 2010s and and inflation was very low now it's just the opposite and so how are we as a state trying to address that and to control the things that we can one way is to make sure citizens, Hoosiers, who want to skill up, who want to earn more for the jobs that are coming here that are north of $36, $37 an hour, the very jobs that we're out hunting, we also have to understand that people are hunting talent to fill those jobs. And so how can we help on that? And if if our business community can continue to increase production and get the talent uh, to do that, then we're making a contribution toward lowering prices as well. But a lot of this rests on the backdrop of a federal um, government that's adrift. Speaking of that federal government. You've been talking about collaboration here when it comes to mental health, the importance of that. Another challenge here in Marion County in recent years has been homelessness, yes. addressing that. Yeah, so the, the state budget had a couple yeah. opportunities to help yeah. there, the low barrier shelter, yeah. the... Yeah. Economic um, Enhancement District is another thing. What are your thoughts on those two efforts? Are you supportive of both of those? I am. And and by the way, I'm supportive of, if, if nothing else, I'm supportive of, of local communities who are very transparent about their motives. And how can we then be a good partner, whether it's a airport in Warsaw, or Evansville, or a trail, or addressing homelessness, or housing. This is this is kind of the whole philosophy behind the Ready program now. Ready 2.0 is how can we both put skin in the game? How can we both turn the cards face up, and then let's get at what's ailing you. And so on this front, it's it's overdue. And so yes, I'm I'm not just pleased but proud. Um, to take a crack at this with them. But understanding that there is local responsibility here, but the state of Indiana, which is um, experiencing, you know, per our ledger, um, a growing period, then we need to be making these exact kind of investments that are on the ground. And we are making uh, these types all over the state of Indiana, all simultaneously. What we need, the common denominator that will hold us back, is the workforce to get all the work done back to your point on in one on one front but it also has to do with roads and trails and housing and all those different kind of pieces of the puzzle 
uh, that are going to make a difference and separate us. We just a report just came out that showed from um, March of 2020 to March of 2023 the payroll growth of every state in America. We're north of three percent. The states that are around us are 0.6. So we are really. Um, I don't want to say overachieving because there are other states in the in the South um, that are double us. Uh, but in terms of the Midwest, we jump off the map. We just have to do a lot more um, to be able to keep pace with the interest and investment that's coming to the state of Indiana. Last it is, it is, question. Last question. question. Is racking up a lot of endorsements. When are we going to see one from you? <laughs> well, give me give me a little. Uh, time to. Set up for session. I did, um, and it is. Um, <laughs> is it awkward not to? <laughs> no, it's not awkward. Um, I am making sure that we stick the landing coming out of session. It's still May, and by the way, I probably should have shared this with you all as well. But I said, give me until after session, and then let me tend to stick in the landing, and then there'll be plenty of time for politics in the, in the months to come, but um, it's going to, I get it, it's going to heat up. I watched this, by the way, it wasn't awkward for my um, predecessors who didn't endorse me. And there's something to be said for going out there and making sure folks understand you're your own person, regardless of who it is, that you speak for yourself on these issues. And there needs, folks need to feel liberated to do that. I don't want anyone thinking that um, just because she and I work so closely together that she's a clone of me. And she's been um, devoting her adult life to public service. And folks need to get to know her as well. So a little, little space is um, probably um, helpful, not awkward would be the last word I'd use to describe it. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you Thank all. You. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.